You're listening to Thursday Mornings with Alex and Don. T-Mad. Don is a pastor with 38 years experience. And Alex is just as curious as you. We look at the most important and interesting questions about the Bible and Christian faith. So let's talk about it. Pastor Don. Alex. How you doing? Really good. There you go. All right. Pulse and everything. Pulse and everything. Mm -hmm. Got some good questions for you. Hopefully we get through about three of them. Ooh, there's three questions from people? Two from people. Oh. So one's from somebody who's not a people. One's from me. I'm I'm not. Well, we still call you a people. I'm a people, I guess. Yeah, some days after coffee. (laughs) All right. Deuteronomy 18 kind of describes the, you know, how to how to determine the legitimacy of a prophet. Okay. Okay. And it says, you know, it describes the punishment if they are found to be a false prophet, right. which would be death. Death. And looking at it, you know, some of these prophecies didn't come true for, you know, let's say 10 years, 20 years, 50 years, a century. Mm-hmm. How long do we have to wait before uh, you know killing you- these prophets before they were, well, after in- they've been dead for years? In the practicality of things, however, when it really comes into state, God usually, well, a prophet who is really speaking for the Lord mm-hmm. didn't last long. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So part of it is, yes, you kill a prophet who's known to be unprofitable, right? if you will. No, uh, there you go. And that's in, in that's that's in Moses talking in, in 18. But uh, what's interesting is when it really fleshed out, uh, a prophet needed to fear for their life all the time if they were actually speaking for the Lord. And we just studied that not long ago when we talked about uh, King A. Uh, mm, Second Chronicles, uh, the boy prophet, Josiah. Josiah. And his, his grandma was Jezebel's daughter, um, okay. Athaliah. And so he came to the throne at seven years old. And while, his, while Jeho- Jehoadab was living, who was the prophet who saved him, the priest yeah. who saved him, uh, he stayed with the Lord and he was doing well. At the point that Jehoadiah passed away, then uh, he started listening to other voices. And the voice of the princes, if I remember right. Okay. And so then what happened was Zechariah, which I don't think it's the same Zechariah that's a minor prophet, but it was Jehadiah's son was a prophet. And he started to remind the king of his father's influence. Okay. And he had him killed. So it's another one of those situations where, and, and you think of Elijah. Elijah feared for his life. Right, because of Jezebel and her her uh, ragings against him. Uh, so being a prophet really was not profitable. Uh, it wasn't a pretty scenario because right. you were always on the move. Oh yeah, and uh, you were usually in hot water. Sure. So, is that because they were usually wrong, or people were impatient with the prophecy? Well, the. Uh, par- what we find either impatient with the prophecy or the prophecy was God saying, Hey dude, you've done wrong. I don't Ooh, like yeah. what the wrong you're doing. And so, uh, you need to repent. Yep. 
And people don't like being no. pressed to repent. And so they, they get rid of the problem, yeah. which they would see as the prophet yep. rather than their own sin. That makes sense. Yeah, you don't run yeah. from that, do you? Kill the messenger. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 So, yes, this is in the Bible. It is. Uh, it was God's way of saying you take care of those, you know that the message is not right. It was based on people knowing enough of the word to be able to test those voices. And even in the Christian church today, we're to test the spirit of the people who are talking to us oh. so that we know. The thing that's important, though, is that we come from an informed background in God's word. Right. And that was the assumption in chapter 18. Gotcha. Okay. But it's not the reality. In fact, I think probably the church is in the state it is today because there were not enough people who knew enough of the word to be able to test the voices that were coming into leadership. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and that's sad. Yeah. I think that's good. That's How long do we wait before we uh, test a prophecy? Seems pretty easy if I could say, you know, no. well, usually 150 years from now, this is going to happen and I'm right. a prophet. Yeah, and we just studied Elijah and, and some of those prophets that talk about the 70 years right. that they're going to be gone. And uh, interesting how perfectly those prophecies came out. Yeah. But we can see that really good now, 2,400 years afterwards. Right. Uh, they could not see that the next year and, and test it mm -hmm. quite the same way. But, you know, you can tell if someone's spirit seeks the Lord. Right. And if someone's spirit seeks the Lord, then you take what they say a little bit more seriously. A little more seriously, yeah. If they're out for their own gain, if they're out for something else altogether, right? then you sort of know what's driving them. Okay. And I, I think that's, okay, you and I get along, our spirit seems to be at harmony with each other, yep. even though we don't agree on everything, right. and that's all right. I, I think we can tell when someone's spirit is at disharmony with at least us or, or maybe with what they're saying. Yeah. If it doesn't line up, if it doesn't line up with the word, right. I'm picking up my Bible here. Yep. If it doesn't line up with the word, then there's gotta be something behind it. That's other than God. Yep. Getting your influence from something else. What is it that you're getting that influence? Where is, where is it that you're drawing that higher reasoning from? Yeah. Yeah. What's leading you to that? That's a good way to figure out, you know, is this, is this thought, is this feeling something that is, um, fruitful, profitable? Does it make sense or is it trash? You know, if it comes right. from my own reasoning and logic, maybe that's the wrong influence to go with. Yeah. It's obviously and, and, very selfish. And then you said a word there that is a buzzword for me is feeling. Yeah. We can't always trust our feelings. No. We need to be able to, to, put them at edge and say, so test this out. Why yeah. am I feeling this way? Yeah. Uh, why am I anxious right now? Right. Is there something the Holy Spirit's nudging me or mm -hmm. is that uh, there, there's an anxious spirit, yeah. demonic spirit that could be influencing us? Yeah. What if we let into our life that might be not good? Right. Exactly. But we don't do that very often. Don't we? It's not a process that I think we... You know, okay, why why am I sitting here with my coffee cup and uneasy this morning? 
Okay. Am I going to test this out and figure out why am I uneasy? Lord, why am I uneasy? Can your spirit prove in my spirit what's going on? Mm -hmm. Can your Holy Spirit do this? Convict me? Yeah. It it needs to be done more often. Right. Uh, I'm learning more about that. Because whether we want to believe it or not, every day we're in active spiritual warfare. Right. And it, uh, yeah, it can be bondage. It can be binding. It's interesting how much of the world and culture is the, you know, your feelings are true. I'm not saying that they're not. But I'm trying to think of this word. Oh, triggered. You know, as someone says, I'm triggered as a, because I'm feeling this way, now it's your fault. Mm. And I think that's one of the really dangerous ones to push. Because uh, it's, it's, and I'm sure it was brought about as, as not that. It, it wasn't meant to be like that. It was right. to be like, identify when you're triggered on something. That doesn't make it someone else's fault. Right. Even though, you know, they might have caused that emotion, but that emotion is still something for you to deal with. There are times when, you know, it is something that, you know, a toxic something from out, an external toxic force is making you feel that way. And that's a good way to distance. But as far as the, you know, self-justification, that that selfishness inside us, it's like, you're making me feel this way. That's that's going to need some serious reflection within everyone. It's it's it's. Right. It gets rid of all the need for forgiveness if everything anyone does to you to feel bad. That makes you feel bad is now their fault. Why would you need forgiveness then? Right. Well, and why do, would you do any internal reflection? Yep. And why would you ask the Holy Spirit to convict you? That's right. It, it's uh, somebody else's fault. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting that in my world, I see that falling into somebody else's agenda? Somebody wants to control the way I'm feeling, thinking, acting, responding. And it's a bigger than you and me. So I look at the situation wondering, so why'd that person say it that way? What, why, did they really want to get a reaction out of me? And you can get a reaction out of Don. It's easy. <laughs> uh, so I have to pull back and say, so what's behind it? Yeah. What's in their world that brought that out? that tipped off my world. Yeah. And so I sort of create a dialogue trying to figure out, so what's the bigger question here? Right. Um, my wife and I lost a son and we were often, often put in situations where our feelings just came out at, at the mention of babies and, and, uh, you know, Oh, Michael, the, the key one here is, well, you should praise the Lord that he took Michael. Because he probably was going to grow up and really have a rough teenage years, and he probably would have been lost to the Lord. Oof. And I, I, good Baptist preacher had that one. And I, I sort of bristled every yeah. time I heard that. I heard it more than once. So were they meaning to hurt us? No. Absolutely not. No. They were trying to console. They didn't know how to do it, of course. But they were trying to console us. And so... We learn to draw back and say, you know, that person really doesn't know what they're talking about. Yeah. And uh, God bless them anyway. And thank you, brother, for your words. Yeah. Uh, Taking that lesson then into other situations where people can be very Mm -hmm. rough with their words. And and in my vocation, it seemed to come out more often than some. Yeah. Uh, 
I start to realize that there probably is more going on in their life to cause them to say this than there is in me. And yeah, it got a reaction out of me sometimes. Mm -hmm. And then I had to be careful of that. But Paul talked about, I can't remember which translation, to walk circumspectly. What does that mean? It means to be a, attentive to the environment in your circle. Okay. So that you're aware of what's around you and how you're influencing what's around you. Okay. And so that is, to me, a key way of walking with my Christian brothers and sisters. Huh. Because if I offended you, I want to know, yeah. and we take care of it. And if you offend me, I likely will let you know. Good. So that we take care of that relationship between mm-hmm. us. And we need to be, as Christians, walking more circumspectly. Yeah. Then we're not going to say, oh, well, he said that word. Oh, I am offended. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of, a lot of people, you know, if you know you, that they love you, and they're saying it a certain, and they say something, you know, that like cuts against you. Where are this, where's it coming from? Yeah. If it's someone you know loves you, it's, it's likely not that they're trying to hurt you. It's, it's that they're didn't know how to express this certain thing. And, you know, I find it a lot, you know, with my relationship with my wife, sometimes we, she'll give me a criticism or something like that. And, oh boy, does that grind at me? And sometimes I say bad things back, which I shouldn't. But I know that that little criticism, that critique is, is if I stop and think about it, which, you know, I always want to say, you know, like, wait, pray, then say, or something like there's some saying there, but clearly I don't do that enough. That little criticism or critique is something that, yeah, that would have, that would help me grow. You know, I, that would help me and my wife grow closer. That would help us with our children, helping them grow closer to God and, and to each other and be better people in the world be giving and caring but in that moment it just feels like it's i'm i'm not worthy or i'm not good enough and that's what really triggers that's right yeah but learning this lesson at your age yeah will make it common and rote by the time you're my age yep lord willing that's called you know but that's called christian discipleship yeah that's walking with each other in the daily Mm -hmm. yeah and I wish I'd have known everything I know now back when I was 33. Oh, yeah. That would have changed things. Mm-hmm. But I didn't. Right. And nobody's asking anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, we got off topic there a little bit. But Did we? Oh, yeah. Oh, my. Um, Derailed. All right. So this is another question. I don't know who it was from, but it was left on the comments. It's, how do you, how do you, or... Should you talk to a non-believer's kids about Jesus? So I'm trying to think of a scenario, like maybe you're babysitting, a, you know, a, a, your cousin's kids or something. You know that they are not church-going, Bible-believing, God-loving people. Maybe you're not quite sure. And let's say that kid asks you, you know, who is Jesus? Or maybe you bring it up and, or something like that. What do you do? Well, you should have the right to answer any question that's given to you about you. And most questions, kids at three and four years old, so who is Jesus? Well, according to me, this is who Jesus is. Okay. And so as long as you're putting it in a frame, 
and a, and the child won't always recognize that okay. frame. But you've put it in a frame so that if the question comes from the parents, why did you talk to my kids about Jesus? And I said, well, I, he asked the question, and I put it within the frame of my life experience with Jesus Christ okay. as Savior. Okay. So yes, I think you should be free to do that. Right. And, and do it in a way that uh, you're, oh, kid, come to Jesus, but inform the background. Mm-hmm. And then these children will find Jesus. Okay. You're, you're sowing the bread. You're putting the bread on the water. Yep. Getting it out there. Mm-hmm. And these kids are ducks, I assume, getting the bread, hopefully? Hopefully. Swallowing a hole, yeah. yeah. Okay. But we always, I think we're uh, in a society today that's so afraid to talk about Jesus that we're losing some of the impact that our Christian lives can have on others. Yeah. And so we're to live so that someone asks for the hope that we have, we can explain it. I think that's First Peter chapter three verse fifteen. Okay, I think that's a good answer. Um, one more. Voting. How do we address voting? You know, I, and we're not going to tell you who to vote for, or how to vote, or any of those things. But I guess I always say, you know, you should, you should vote. But you know, there are some christian type religions who is it that they don't they don't even vote at all mennonites didn't vote mennonites don't vote amish didn't vote um because we didn't we're in the world not of it we don't jehovah's witness too jehovah's witness and uh that's changing over the course of time so part of it is uh we don't maybe it was a cop out we just wanted to let the government do their thing and we did our thing Mm -hmm. well even the Mennonite church does not separate itself from the world like it once did. Uh, the piece that I would emphasize on this is the fact that when good Christian people remain silent, then they shouldn't gripe when government does its thing. Yeah. Because government, I mean, Paul makes it very clear in Ephesians chapter 6 that there's principalities and powers of this world, and government's one of them. And uh, we're in warfare. We might as well make our voice known. Okay. So if we don't speak out against the evils of the world, who are we? Yeah. I mean, what is our faith? Right. What is our religion if it does not somehow influence uh, at least my own community? Right. I agree with that. So I, I yeah, I vote. I, I, uh, I'm sorry if that offends somebody, but I vote because I'm really scared about the the world that not only my kids are growing up in, my grandkids, and and my goodness, another ten years, it might be great grandkids. Yep. So, uh, what, what, if I stay silent, knowing that this direction is wrong, <laughs> who's I, I'm as much a part of that evil as anybody. Yep. And I always just kind of think about you know if you're. If you're saying that, you know, the Bible says not to vote, which it it doesn't, but it says to separate yourself. Let Caesar do what he wants. Render unto Let, Caesar what is Caesar's. Yeah. Don't be a part of this worldly thing. Um, and, you know, some people say, well, our, you know, our one nation under God. So technically, but there's that's 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 not a good reason either. The way we used to handle conflict 
is not how we want to handle conflict right now. The way we used to make decisions was violence. Mm -hmm. Dating way, way back, that was it. That was the violence. You get enough people to support you, you're going to enact your will via violence. Voting is much more peaceful. Much more peaceful. And I would nudge, here's a prophetic piece. Oh, boy. Unless we begin as Christians to initiate meaningful conversations, constructive conversations with each other, yeah. we as religious people mm -hmm. might be guilty of as much conflict as the government itself. Yeah. Somebody's going to write that down and put me to task to it. But mm -hmm. in reality, we should be setting the stage for yeah. good, solid, meaningful discussions, constructive discussions yeah. of at least the moral issues that are before mm -hmm. us. Right. And if you don't like voting, you don't want to be a part of that. Uh, I've, I've, I'm surprised at how many congressmen, you know, senators, uh, in state governments anyways, that will take a phone call and let you talk to them. Mm -hmm. um, that's a way of not being a part of the voting system, but also talking to them. And it's probably more impactful than... They'll remember that conversation yeah. longer. Yeah, they will. Vote. Um, but also, I feel like everyone's got that line in the sand. You know, there's like, well, I won't vote or I always vote. And there's a line in the sand is like, at some point, if the scale tips this way or that way is when I will either start... And, you know, go back on what I said about not voting or I'll stop and I'll like go back on my word, what I said about voting. Mm -hmm. and, you know, maybe it's, you know, there's 10 people. We're going to kill this person over here unless we get six people and you got a split vote and they're looking at you and you're thinking, well, I said I don't vote. Mm -hmm. So now now it comes down to you. Mm -hmm. Now you're part of that. That person's life is in your hands. And that's a drastic, drastic thing. It is. But... but but as meaningful as any of it. Right. I mean, what are we saying by our vote? Do we really believe what we're putting on the ballot? Do yeah. We? Yeah. I, I really think a time is coming when Christians' words will be tested. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. I, I, our stand needs to be solid. Yeah. Where we stand. Right. And there's no one a good person to vote for anyway that's going to do anything perfect. So, I haven't found a perfect person for any ballot. Nope. Yeah, I'd vote for Jesus if he was in there. What party do you think he'd run for? Run us? He wouldn't. He'd have his in, independent at anything. Ah, <sighs> so fun. That's I sad. know you were working at that, weren't you? No, I think he 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 would probably make a course for independent because oh, sure that's. Uh, as neutral as you get right now. That's probably true. Yeah. It's inter interesting. That party doesn't have much yeah. influence at all. It is interesting. I was, uh, I was just watching um, the Rings of Power on Amazon, the Lord of the Rings thing. Mm -hmm. And I started diving into their, man, that guy was so thorough. And I thought it was interesting how good of a friend he was with uh, C.S. Lewis. Lewis. Yeah, Tolstoy. And yeah. how he thought that you know basically there's there's i'm getting off topic i'm sorry you are so they make these in the last one that i watched last show that i watched and sorry spoiler here but they're making the rings of power so and uh, the one character rushes back and says as they're like making these two rings right and he, she says no there must be three because with one there's too much power 
with two, there's a division of power and with three, there's a balance because with two, you can divide, but with three, it's a balance. And I think it'd be really cool if we had that third party. Yeah. We be a lot more balance. It would. Well, and both sides would have to justify yeah. their pull. Yeah. So yes, I agree. Mm -hmm. That'd be interesting. So that's three questions. I think we did a good job. And uh, you let do us a good job. Okay, and let us know what you guys think. Send us any more questions that you have pressing matters on. That'll probably this one will probably be like the last one as far as like the harvest talk and stuff like that. And this should come out kind of around the date when we will do some voting or close to. But okay. uh, join us yeah. for the election night supper here yes. in Westchester. And it's always good. It's always good. There's tons of people that eat, come to it. Eat in or drive through. That's right. It's good stuff. And most people in Westchester, obviously, by far. Yes. It's a good time. Lots of friends. It's great. What time? So it's four to eight. Yeah. Seven. Seven. Four to seven. I think it's four to seven. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's a good time. Yeah. Had a good turnout last year. Yep. We really praise the Lord for that. Everybody come back. Yeah. Free will offering. Oh, and pie this year. That's right. We last were missing year. pie last year, and there will be pie this year last year i had somebody complained about not having a uh, fresh homemade pie really and i'm really glad they did and everyone listened <laughs> as they should have <laughs> yes such wisdom pie. that's right mm -hmm. all right take care everyone thanks for joining us we will see you next week god bless bye thanks again for joining us for this week's episode we are both having a ton of fun making these videos and episodes and if you're having fun too please tell a friend about this and help us to grow this mission. Thank you and God bless.